Pulls to the right side. He's there safe at first. Next at the plate, Willie Stargill. A liner. Bring myself in here. Hello. Welcome, everybody. This is number 58 of Sports Goofs. I'm joined by Charles and Andrew here. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Surviving like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Hanging in there. All right, guys. So <laughs> what new things have you guys discovered about yourselves over the course of the last week while stuck indoors? Um, this ain't a big deal. That's what I tell myself. And I was telling family and friends, I'm like, listen, studying for the bar exam for me was worse <laughs> because it was two months in that small little closet in the law library where I, the fresh air I had was a concrete jungle that is FIU's campus with like some herons, that's fine. And not the ability to play video games or even read a book because it was just pure out intense law. Here, I mean, I only just started working remotely Monday. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a different story but i was still quarantining and socially isolating myself prior to that and for me I, I can get a breath of fresh air i'll see my backyard you know play with my pets you know i i will text i can look at memes and send memes to people so for me it's like going to a federal max prison for a long time which was the bar exam and then coming here to like ah this is this is just uh this is just a little jail some guys pissing in the corner and some person's puking and it's fine there's that weird guy that i don't want my children around we'll avoid him uh so it hasn't been bad i mean the highlight of it is in the soul searching i just want to know what charles with a beard looks like and i was saying it before the show andrew but i'm on like day 11 or 12 of not shaving and cleaning up sure but not shaving and i've never had this opportunity before because I guess my ancestors were genetically deficient scums and we don't really have good facial hair, so I'm trying to break the trend. So I can't really grow a fantastic mustache, but I can get everything else in. So I'm thinking I'm thinking by the end of this, I'm either going to look like a frat boy or I'm going to look like Wolverine, and I, the Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And I'm really hoping it's that instead of some guy in you know boat shoes with khakis and then a button-down short vest. And his real name is Chad, but we're going to see. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat there, Charles. I I haven't really had the the luxury of being able to, I mean, but I'm, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to shaving. Um, and also, on occasion, uh, more often than not, if I shave, then my face breaks out, which is no fun. Um, so... I try not to shave as much as possible, you know, I'll, if I have to, you know, I'll like trim it down to the bare minimum without having to get the, uh, the safety, the safety razor out. Uh, so it looks somewhat neater, uh, without actually having to shave, but that's, you know, cause work or whatever. But now that I really don't have anywhere to be, I'm just letting this thing grow. And I'm curious to see how, how far it'll grow because like you apparently my ancestors had really crappy beard growing abilities uh i mean we're gonna have before and after pictures I, you guys. I have a fantastic beard that i know i can grow but i'm shaving 
because like when my beard grows, I tend to touch my face and scratch my face. And that's one of the big no-nos right now. So I've got to keep myself clean shaven as much as possible. Uh, I went to Publix the other day, bought a new set of uh, razor blades for myself. And I'm, I'm going clean shaven as much as humanly possible. As far as my hair is concerned, that's the issue. And I... I might give this another week before I decide. You know what? Let's just let's just grab the electric razor and, and let's let's just bring it all down. So that'll be an experience if I decide to do that. Uh, as as things are gonna get hotter down here in Florida, and I'd rather not be miserable. I'd, and listen, I got like forty thousand hats. If it if it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> it'll grow back very quickly and I've got 40,000 hats to to cover it up so I'm good I'm good when if, if I do mess up shaving my head um, yeah uh, come bringing families together I sat down with my aunt and my uncle to have dinner over the weekend like a couple times like I haven't done that I don't know in forever I guess it's law school since I was in law school like the first <laughs> year I was I was uh, yeah, 1L year. So it's like, oh, this is this is kind of nice. Uh, I forgot what this was like. Uh, with, with sitting, like sitting down with them. So uh, discovering new things about myself like that. Like, oh, this is, I miss that. I've, I've been playing with my nephew on FaceTime uh, because I can't go see him. So I've got plenty of amiibos and dinosaur models and stuff. So, you know, I've just been making up stories and 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 finding a different way to 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 play with my my, my nephew and my niece uh, even from afar so that's that's pretty cool that was pretty fun uh, yeah so all right so I've got MVP, uh, Andrew you're you're gonna love this I have MVP baseball 2005 in the background that's amazing so you know I um, so. Prior to all this, you know, I didn't really have a lot of time to play video games or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but recently I decided, you know, I was having a bit of a nostalgia kick. Um, so I've been playing, ML, as I mentioned, uh, I want to say last week in my non-sponsor, that I've been playing a lot of MLB 17, the show. But I decided to have a, I wanted a bit of a nostalgia kick, and I decided to dust off my my xbox uh, with xbox quote-unquote one okay um not the xbox one the xbox the original xbox um which i think it is so stupid that they called the new one the xbox <laughs> wait till one, we have the series x what's that the series x what, what they're coming up with next the new Seri yeah the next generation of the xbox that's i I don't even know if that's going to come out this year with all the stuff they're, going they're on. They're trying. They're trying because November, but all that faculty yeah. and the facilities, sure. you know, what's going to happen. Yeah, that, that and hey, uh, I have no job. Let, let's throw $600 down for the new Xbox this, this Christmas. Right. <laughs> you know? It's, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's stupid that they would decide to call it the, it's like, Come on, like, go keep it easy. Xbox, mm. Xbox Two, Xbox Three, Xbox Four. Um, like, how did? But I digress. I, I could go down that rabbit hole all day long. 
but I decided to dust off my Xbox. Um, I have a, I still have a few games for it. Um, MLB or M, MVP 06 NCAA baseball. Um, got FIFA Street for it, mm-hmm. and um, well, one of them is MLB ba- uh, M- MLB. Jeez, MVP Baseball 2005. Mm. So I dusted that that puppy off, and uh, man, hearing that soundtrack again is just all the nostalgia. Oh yeah, and you know I, yes, the graphics on on MLB the show are obviously better than a game that came out 15 years ago and uh, 15 years ago good lord um, and you know obviously I love the addition of the um, you know road to the show the player centric uh, game but overall MVP Baseball 05 is just a, such a better game. Um, it's it's more realistic in a sense. The pitch speed, uh, the reaction time that you need to hit is much more accurate. I, I went back and played. And I was like, I was like, damn. Uh, I felt like I had no time to react, which is how it is in real life. In MLB The Show you actually get some time to react even if it's you know 100 mile per hour fastball it's like a it's the equivalent of a changeup almost in MLB MVP baseball um, you can build your own stadium it's it's just a so much better game and I'm glad that I decided to dust off the Xbox for it alrighty um all right so this is because uh, I guess stuff I guess the stuff on like NFL free agency and all that stuff is happening, but I decided uh, because nothing game wise is happening, let's just improvise this episode. Go go uh, on the fly here and go down what I call the sports rabbit hole. So I've loaded up Wikipedia to try to. Uh, see what what uh, what we can find out and and go as far down the sports rabbit hole as possible we'll start off one place and then by the end of the episode we'll be in a completely different topic that we heck we might even go off the rails and do something non-sports related as we keep going on hey i wonder what uh i wonder what scoliosis is about and you know we might just go (laughs) we might just learn something today uh all right guys so wikipedia is up do any of you guys have anything in sports that you guys have ever wondered about or just want to like look up just off the cuff and then we'll go from there we can click on links we'll, we'll go from there i think a good way to kind of start this out is maybe we pick a sport itself and then we divulge into the theories that we have so we can proceed it okay because the best way so I would say maybe to get everybody engaged, you know, the NCAA or NCAA has made it to where they're going to allow um, seniors, I believe, be able to continue next year due to the whole COVID or CV, 
you know, it's just so Google doesn't censor yeah, us. Whatever. So maybe <laughs> maybe we want to get into the idea, because I know we touched upon it when we had our guest speakers about how it was originally for college football um, when they were doing all the bowl tournaments, but maybe we want to talk about anything that's college-based, football, baseball, what have you. The inception of March Madness. Who created March Madness, guys? I never knew. Mm. I was born into this world, and I just mm. was told March was a crazy month. March Now for three Madness. different reasons. Before it was St. Patrick's Day and March Madness. Now it's St. Patrick's Day, March Madness, and the PTSD I'm going to have 10 years from now when someone tells me, and your change will be 2020, and I have my eyes balled out, and then you hear the war songs of the flights of the Valkyrie kicking in the background because of this whole CV <laughs> stuff in March. Let's, the true March Madness. Let's see. March Madness. Uh, for basketball, of course, the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament was founded in 1939. Uh, there are 68 teams, which is one away from being a really nice tournament. Uh, the most recent champion is Virginia, and they should really add one more team. And uh, anyways, uh, most titles ever won was by UCLA. Uh, TV partners include CBS... TBS, uh, TNT, True TV, CBS Sports Network, all of the, they they're the ones that that cover, which is why you have Sir Charles Barkley as uh, as one of the commentators for for that. All right, so here we are, March Madness, nineteen thirty nine. Let's see, uh, do they have? Wait, before we go any further, yeah. um, are you guys having issues with uh, Twitch as well? Yes, it's saying video download was canceled. Please try again. Video download uh, was canceled? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the error I got. Same. I have the same thing. Hmm. That's... But I know the share, the show's still going. It's on YouTube. I know that. YouTube doesn't have any issues so far. All right. And so, uh, on Twitch... Twitch is mad at us. And on Twitch, for me, I mean, I, I don't see anything on the screen, so... Seems to be blank on Twitch, on our Russian network. It's working, <laughs> so that's great to hear. Um, on Twitter slash Periscope, that's 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 working as well. So we're working on most of our networks. That's why we have fourteen of them. Because if not, uh, <laughs> we just in case one goes down after the other, or we get banned from the other one as well. As well, oh, a new addition because there's no sports crawl anymore. I've added our like handles for Twitter and some of the accounts that we have. I only have your Twitter handle, Charles. I don't have like your Switch or your PlayStation account. Uh, I will send that accordingly. Yeah, and I've got it for Andrew as well. His his PlayStation and and all that stuff. His uh, Instagram, all that all that jazz. Uh, so if people want to check those out. They can. All right. Uh, so uh, there's like a bunch of different. Turn, like conferences here mid-major last time uh she's tournament history all right so we are here uh the last time as of 2020 a mid-major team from a small media market defined as a market ah fudge this thing is come on now this thing needs to cooperate with me if we're gonna get this thing going because i'm trying to find the history here uh, the last, let's see, uh, da, 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 last time as of 2020, a mid-major team from a small media market won the national championship was arguably 1962 when Cincinnati won 71-59 to over Ohio State. Hmm. 
and Bearcats. The, okay, a small media market is defined as a market out of the top 25 television markets in the United States in 2019. So there are some interesting things there. We can keep going. Um, hmm, the Horizon League. What is the Horizon League? It's a 10 school. No idea. 10 school collegiate athletic conference in the national uh, in the NCAA whose members are located in the Midwestern United States. Member schools include Cleveland State, the University of Detroit Mercy, the University of Wisconsin Green Bay, Indiana University, dash Purdue University, Indianapolis. That is a long name. IUPUI. Uh, okay. Uh, Sounds like something in um, like school. I, IUPUI, uh, also known as IUP is uh indiana if i remember correctly it's indiana university purdue university indianapolis it's a um it's it's basically uh iu and pu uh or indiana and purdue combined resources so it's one campus that's funded by both schools uh, located in Indianapolis. And um, you still get a diploma. You don't get an IUPUI diploma. You get a diploma either from Indiana or Purdue, depending on which really? school you're enrolled in. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they just decided to pool their resources to get one campus. That's, that's super interesting. Wow, you see, you see what the rabbit hole has done. Well, the the rabbit hole from this one is courtesy of me having done trivia for. Uh, I think we're entering our fifth year. Unbelievably, so um, it's weird to say that it doesn't feel like it's been five years, but uh, you pick up a lot of random stuff. <laughs> I bet. Uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Oakland University, Northern Kentucky University, University of Illinois at Chicago, Wright State University, Youngstown State University. Okay. Home of the Penguins. Home of the... Yeah, that's right. Man, you are good, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if he... Wikipedia. I'm not sure if he's currently their head coach, but uh, their head coach was for a bit Bo Pelini. Um who is perhaps most known for the faux Pellini uh, Twitter account that was uh, that kind of followed him around when he was the head coach in Nebraska. Bo Pellini. Okay, so we're going to go on and learn about him. <laughs> because I, now that you've Bo said knows. this, let's keep going. Bo Pellini is the American football defensive coordinator for Louisiana State University. Tigers football team at LSU. He is the younger brother of former FAU head coach Carl Pellini, who has frequently worked under Bo as an assistant coach. He serves as the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers from 2007 until 2014. Uh, prior to that, he was the defensive coordinator at LSU, Oklahoma, and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Okay. 
All right, Bo, let's let's learn a little bit about you. You're 52 years old. You're from Youngstown, Ohio, which is where Sir Thomas Baker is from. <laughs> if you guys remember him. Really? That's where he's from? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Tommy Bakes is from Youngstown, Ohio. Tommy Bakes. Yeah, he went to Catholic school and got the that's when he 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 earned his uh it's kind of like a hero's origin story, you know, where he he, he learned <laughs> he got the his uh his power suit. When he was in Catholic school as a young boy. <laughs> Did you guys ever take him for First Amendment, or was it just uh, con law that you stuck to? Con law, just con law. Oh man. Uh, side hype. If you guys, anybody out there, ever goes to FIU Law, I I, I say don't, but maybe <laughs> you do with two adults. He, his con law stuff. I didn't have him for con law, but I heard the horror stories. But I love me that First Amendment class. That wasn't because he. He just didn't care. It, it was great. It wasn't a horror story. He was like, it was kind of like, kind of scary at first, but then at the end, he's like, he becomes like this sweetheart. It's like, oh my God, he's just like a giant teddy bear. <laughs> his, Absolutely, his, no doubt. His wife makes cookies for everybody just before you take the final exam. Oh, like we did not get that treatment in uh in the first amendment but he just said it's not uh attendance is not required but you still went to class anyway because the man is just a brilliant brain yeah he is absolutely brilliant mm -hmm. no no doubt about it I, I mean side note as we're going down the rabbit hole but did you guys take foley as well uh yeah sip pro yeah yeah okay so sip pro wasn't really her, her cup of tea her con no. is what i had Oof. it was like two brains like if you felt you know how you get like an amplifier so like when i'm you, you know going to our dbz phase where i'm gohan and I'm, <laughs> I'm just getting beat down and i think about my dad and gets me extra motivated to fight somebody maybe turn super saiyan that's foley and baker combined to one person they are the goku of con law and uh that's the hype to them i think that's the only positive <laughs> thing i've said on the show about fiu law or just going to law school in general continue gentlemen bo polini bo nosed well let's see hold on goku was created in 1984 for the Dragon Ball chapter number one Bulma and Son Goku, June 19, 1984. Okay. Oh, guys, I played uh, today, earlier today, I played Nicktoons MLB. <laughs> which is, I have to say, one of the weirdest experiences I have ever had in sports video games. So I pulled it up right here. Nicktoons MLB, which released for the Xbox 360, the Wii, the DS, and the Nintendo 3DS. Really, the PS3 did not have this game, nor the PS2. That's interesting. All right. Includes characters from Nickelodeon shows SpongeBob, Invader Zim, Ren and Snippy, Danny Phantom, Planet Sheen. Dear God, who watched Planet Sheen? That was a horrible show. Uh, <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender, Fanboy, and Chum Chum, which I have no idea what the heck that is. Tough Puppy and two characters that only appeared in 3DS, which were from Jimmy Neutron and some other one from Monkey Quest. And there's a bunch of other characters. Anyways, uh, there are playable characters there. SpongeBob, Patrick, Sandy Cheeks, Larry the Lobster, and the Flying Dutchman represent the SpongeBob franchise. Uh, Danny Phantom is the only Danny Phantom rep. Uh, I don't know who Dudley Puppy or Kitty Catswell are, but they're from Tough Puppy. Uh, Mr. Naismith was from Planet Sheen. Sheen Estevez uh, as well. He's from Jimmy Neutron too. Ultralord, which is the 
the toy that uh, or superhero that Sheen was obsessed with from the show, Fanboy and Chum Chum from I guess that show, which I have no idea what it is. Uh, Ang, Katara, Toph, Zuko were all from Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is interesting to see them playing baseball. Uh, <laughs> Zim and Gaz from Invader Zim. Ren and Stimp. No, Gur. No, oh. Gur uh, is the color commentator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's got to be fun. Gur is the color commentator. Uh, Ren and Stimpy. Powdered Toast Man. And the Gilded Yak represent Ren and Stimpy. And uh, Jimmy Neutron and Hero Mighty Paw, which I have no idea what they are. But uh, they are playing alongside actual major league baseball players on the Wii version none of the baseball players are recognizable our lord and savior Derek Jeter is in the game but he does not look like Derek Jeter at all Giancarlo Stanton goes by Mike Stanton in the game that's how old this game is uh, and it received a 65% from game rankings for the 360 version so question or agreement we can all agree and I I'm going to say it now, so whoever has watched it, don't yell at me. I've never really gone around to watching The Last Airbender. I wanted to, but never happened, but I know some of the characters, so wait, it's wait. fair to say hold, that... Hold on, Charles. I thought you were a weeb. Or I, a I, semi-weeb? I, a, a dweeb to a weeb, but, you know, <laughs> I think what stops me was... I'm weird. I, can you even call Avatar like real anime? Like I know people are shouting. I call it. I would say it's American else. anime. Yeah. So, I mean, it just never came around because it was Nickelodeon, and the minute that I had pubic hair, I think I just stopped watching really? Nickelodeon. Yeah. So I I didn't know that these things had existed, and it came later in life. Mind you, it might be a thing to watch during this quarantine in my quarantine yeah. stream. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm also, but I am also watching right now. Like I'm trying to catch up on Adventure Time, which is a crap ton of episodes. Jesus, I wish I caught up to these things during the years. But I know enough about Avatar to understand like the basics of the characters that you want to root for. So is it fair to say, Lord and Savior Derek Jeter is Ang? kind of bald super magical powers <laughs> the chosen one has an entourage of dudes and he's so good that even when they made the spin-off he's still referenced you know in, in today's times mm-hmm. I, I, is that comparable because it's so weird that they would have it I, maybe i i've never thought of it in that context before <laughs> I haven't either until this very moment. You wanted rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. We're just going to create paradoxes and wormholes in the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, this is some sort of weird parrot or wormhole or that happened here that created this this insanity. That Oh, you know what it was? It was uh, 2K Games. They got the MLB license, and they had no idea what to do with it other than make mediocre Major League Baseball games year after year while Sony made the show series, which is... Uh, the 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 showcase baseball game to expand on that a little bit and i know it's nickelodeon tv rights but you're gonna not have the you're not gonna have like these seminal show that they always kind of played stickball or baseball which is hey arnold that, in there you're not gonna have I, those characters. that was one of the things that surprised me they have ren and stimpy which is as the oldest property Weird. that they have there and i'm surprised they when did this release? 
2011. I'm surprised uh, that that they made it in there. Um, like it's, I, I get SpongeBob, I get Aang and the Avatar people, and I'm surprised Jimmy Neutron wasn't in it. Like you have Sheen, but you don't have the titular character from you know Jimmy Neutron that type of stuff. Uh, you don't have Carl. Yeah, have Carl? you don't have Arnold. You don't have like any of the Rugrats. You, you don't have. Well, they're bait though so okay you, you don't have Rocco you don't have cat dog I mean there, wow. there's so many missed opportunities for characters here uh, the they only had I think there were only 12 ballparks in the game so it's this is how stripped down it is six of them are major league baseball stadiums and the other six are from these series uh, the six baseball stadiums were Fenway Park Wrigley Field, New Yankee Stadium, um, Rangers Ballpark in Arlington, for some reason. Um, who are the other super popular teams? Rangers, uh, was it Turner Field? I think Turner Field. And uh, Dodger Stadium. So I think those were all of the... Oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, those were all of them. Those are the representatives for this game for baseball. Um I, I I get yeah I guess if you had to pick six of them, I get Wrigley, Fenway, Yankee Stadium, and Dodger Stadium. But Rangers Ballpark in Arlington, like you got Camden Yards, I would have chosen that over over the other one, um, or one of the the retractable roof stadiums like like Seattle or, or Milwaukee, um, or, or or Minute Maid Park, one of those. I, it, so it, I it's mean, it's a how much was. It, was there a cutback that the MLB is getting? I'm assuming if 2K had this license, because it's such a weird thing. They'd probably be better off just making Nicktoons all sorts of way. Mario did all the games that they did with the Mario Tennis, the Mario Baseball. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this is their, this was their weird, th- this is a weird time for baseball games. Like after uh, 2K got the third party exclusive rights and then. Like for some reason, Microsoft and Nintendo decided not to make baseball games, and then Sony was like, "You know what? We're just gonna make our own and just be awesome at it." And they, it, it's a, it, this is a weird time. So th- these are all the teams here. It, it was a weird experience, to say the least. And um, was it a good game for you though? Uh, did you play it? I, I no, you... I played. I played it. I literally, I have, I played it today. Like I, I, I found it through nefarious methods and. Uh, although I don't think anybody would want money from this game anymore, um, it's a very mediocre baseball game. Very bare bones. It's super easy because it's made for kids, and it's just the weird, like the weird. It, you see these cartoon characters next to realistic-ish looking baseball players. I was surprised they didn't stylize the baseball players' looks, at the very least. Like have them look very generic, but like a stylized generic to kind of match the tone of the of what they're trying to do here, just so it's not that jarring to see them next to each other. I don't know. I got I gotta tell you, you know, this makes me since we're going down the rabbit hole, we're also gonna have a flashback here. Um, Throwback Tuesday is what we'll call it. Who needs Thursday? I remember being a kid and you know going on to like Cartoon Network or Nicktoons and playing their sports themed games. I don't know. I think it was Cartoon Network where you had the dodgeball. 
and you just play their characters. You go on the computer, you go from there, and it makes you really, really wonder where like the modern day stuff came in. Because I would enjoy that as much as doing a platformer or something else in there. Now I feel old. Now I kind of want to go back to it, find an emulator, and then realize I hate my life. <laughs> that you know i'm 30 with a badly scruffy beard in the process thankfully i have my hair but my body hurts me but i always have that memory of like hitting somebody with ed and eddie and dodgeball the powerpuff girls because <laughs> uh, is it not themed when you're a kid is it not themed based sports games of your favorite characters or tv shows well, the best thing ever? i mean yeah that the whole crossover thing is yeah that's what you, that's why heck i gravitate towards the mario sports games those are amazing uh, oh my god, Super Strikers Ma- Ma- on the Mario Wii? Tennis. Ooh. I mean, this is all sports related. Sheesh. Mario Tennis on the N64. Oh. Chef's Kiss right there. Yeah, that was. I don't know what. I, I guess it was like a Nintendo Power magazine that I got and I found out about it and stuff like that because this is, you know, early internet for me, um, late 90s. And. I'm like, man, this this sounds like a really cool game. I knew nothing about tennis. I knew I'm um, just like, there's Mario and he's doing fun things. And lo and behold, I I, I forgot what I, what did I get it for? Let's see, it released in North America August 28, 2000. So I probably got it for my birthday. My birthday's in September, so I got it for my birthday and um, like it was like my God, I I tried to watch real tennis because of this game and i realized that real tennis is way too freaking long and is not as fun uh when you there's no power yeah ups. there's no power ups you don't have a gorilla i mean i've seen the williams sisters i kind of see them on fire a little bit because god those ladies are intense yeah. but uh besides them yeah I, you don't see a gorilla versus a, a flame throwing dino, uh turtle monster uh, in facing off against each other so that's that's kind of uh the weird uh was it that's kind of like the weirdness that i'd love to see uh it's kind of right the reason why i like extreme fps is like quake and stuff like that i just like the extremeness i don't like the simulated military shooters but uh and the game boy color version was was an rpg which it was very different um i remember that yeah uh, speaking of, uh, let's keep going down this rabbit hole. Serena Williams. <laughs> let's. I mean, we're we're going down here, so we're we're we're, we're at tennis. So uh, you mentioned Serena Williams. Uh, there she is. She she lives in Palm Beach Gardens. I think she she partially owns the Miami Dolphins. Um, I I don't know if she does anymore, but I know her her sister J Lo and all of them. Mark Anthony were trying to like six years back. Oh, uh, let's see. So things might have changed. Let's see. Off court activities, equipment endorsements. Uh, in early two thousand, she wore Puma apparel and footwear on court. She used the Wilson blah blah blah. blah. Has also had endorsements for Gatorade, Delta Airlines, Audemars Piguet. I don't know what that is. Anston Martin, Pepsi, Beats by Dre. Mission Athlete Care, Burley Bras, OPI Products, One Piece. One Piece? Oh, okay. I thought that was the anime. <laughs> yes. She's just trying to complete the dub. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, when did this? I th- I'm like, what? Was she in an episode? Um. Anyways, IBM, Mini, Intel, Temper, and Chase Bank. She is the current CSO, Chief Sporting Officer for British luxury automobile manufacturer Aston Martin. So they created a a position called the Chief Sporting Officer just for her. 
she accepted the contract in, Interesting. in June 2015. I don't know what the chief sporting officer entails. Uh, let's see. She posted on social media and said, I'm loving my first day on the job as chief sporting officer and director of fun. <laughs> okay. So she's just a spokesperson. I, yeah. They just didn't want to go from Yeah, that. they just kind of gave her a different Cause name, like a different title. I, I think. I think if you wanted an actual contributor to the sports entertainment world, you would get somebody who's in racing, not NASCAR, because we don't need the hillbillies who drink Bush. You get like that F1, you know, fancy Italian, yeah. not Ricky Bobby, the guy who's going against Ricky Bobby uh, kind of race. The, the Sasha Baron Cohen character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just somebody that's going to make you, uh, who has a manservant played by the guy whose Netflix specials are kind of funny. And I don't remember his name now, but he's also on the 70s show. You need that kind of guy mm -hmm. who actually knows like how to turn left and right at a high speed, I guess. I mean, so, granted, I don't, I don't, something tells me Serena could be like a secret agent. She, she's built like an agent. She's smart. I mean, she's worn those. She's yeah. They said they, they talked about her. Let's see. In 2002, there was a much talk when she wore a black Lycra cat suit at the U.S. Open. So like, she's already dressed for the part. I mean, let's think about it. Now we're going to go to a rabbit hole of ideas. I can totally in today's modern times, pitch a movie where it's about Serena Williams or a TV show because Netflix makes TV shows. Serena Williams is a secret agent for the U.S. Uh, at nighttime and it's her just whacking people in the head with um, the tennis racket. She just had a kid, I think, so they can have friendly, you know, family friendly stuff. And then, uh, you know, her, she could have a cool. Um, I mean, they revived. They revived Carmen San Diego, so it's not that far. It's not that far off, to really. We'll, we'll give her famous catchphrases like, you know, she could just go and say, "Serve this," and then. You know, they, they, you know what she could do, guys. We can, well, let's just go down this road right now. We can make literally a secret organization. Think of Hydra, but with good guys, secret agent, tennis players, and you call it Aces, <laughs> but it's an acronym, and then it starts with Athletes Commissioned uh, Espionage Services. Oh my God, <laughs> we, we just did this. Like, there is no way you just came up. With this I literally—it's me. So we talked about Sheen from Nickelodeon. Yeah. You're looking at the 30-year-old version <laughs> of him, and you guys should know this per my interactions in person, and then uh, and then just over the show for the year and change if we do it. We just made the show. Netflix copyright and trademarked it right now. You can have it, but if you want our monies and Serena, girl, you gotta think about life after it. It's time. I'm in Martin County. You're in PGA. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, I'll drive to you. Exactly. We'll, we we will use Zoom debatably if nobody has access towards it uh, for confidentiality purposes. We'll make sure you get a whole thing. And you know what we do is like she she goes out there on the missions and then her think of it like Q, but her tennis racket can unfold in so many things. <laughs> so she'll break it apart to have you, locks and then. Uh, have you ever watched? Uh, I mean, I've I. I have you ever watched Totally Spies? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it reminds oh, me. We get we, we get Venus cameos, and then every now and then you, we can just have like uh, Rafa and uh, uh, Roger, know, Federer. Roger Federer come in, <laughs> Andre Agassi, uh, Pete Sampras. Yeah, yeah, but if we if we want to go like Totally Spies remake, we have to get Sharapova just retired, so she could be like the, the, the evil the, the evil Russian. <laughs> Listen, Maria Sharapova is a defect who just retired. It doesn't know what to do with her life, but wants tennis to be involved. She doesn't want to be a teacher. In comes Serena Williams knocking on her door in full vest. You need to come with me. And then they introduce her to Aces. So she's like the supporting like the, the Nick Fury in a sense. Show. A little Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah the, the, 
but the thing is, like like Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, every time Serena's on, she steals a scene. Because, you know, then we create the spinoff, and that will be something... I don't know, Sharon Poe is not, like, the most engaging athlete to me, so maybe we'll do something with, like, golf, and when Tiger's fully retired, we can have the... And we can have the clubs organization, um, <laughs> but I don't have the acronym there. But I... This is happening. Right I mean, now. they they all do live in Palm Beach County. Like, I, and guys, and then we could have the crossover episode. It's literally, it will be like, remember when Fairly Odd Parents and Jimmy Neutron to bring it all back to Nickelodeon and they true. have the crossover that's episode? That's true. You, you, you guys. And then what happens is you have a little scene where uh, Serena and Tiger just kind of break in, but they have each other's respect. It kind of uh, reminds me device. of uh, the, the, the DC shows on the CW, The Flash and Green Arrow. Like they sometimes yeah, they have their is, crossovers, you know. Oh, this this is better than Infinite Crisis. We're gonna be seeing Serena Williams, um, you know, with a golf club screaming four, and then we're just gonna see Tiger Woods with a tennis bracket, just you know, shouting service or whatever the hell they yell at when they do things aside from grunting aggressively like a bear crapping in the woods. This is gold. Mm. This mm-hmm. is what the episode is about. Oh, yeah. People, if you're listening, please still tune in. Mother Russia, don't worry. We'll have Sharapova's spin-off show for you as well. I, I don't know really that much Russian. I'll figure out the acronyms later. Please feel free to tell us on Twitter. Sports Goose, FJO, JR, Dan Freehold. It's and all on the Drew. screen now, so yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'm done with that. Uh, uh, that I mean, this is, list. yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was, uh, this is this is the beauty of the rabbit hole. This is the beauty of the rabbit what hole. What just happened? <laughs> We made a baby television-wise, and Serena Williams is going to be. We are a long season. way away from Bo Pelini at this point. <laughs> yeah, so let's bring it back to Bo. Well, cause... I forget. <laughs> well, oh yeah, by the way, uh, let's see. 2009, Williams and her sister Venus became minority owners of the Miami Dolphins. After purchasing a small stake in the team, they live near Palm Beach Gardens, about an hour's drive from Dolphin Stadium. Is it? All right, but hear me mm, out because now we, we thought we were we thought day. we were going out of this, but now we have to keep to it. The you could you want to get the Miami Dolphins to be publicity? You have Joe Burrow or no Joe Burrow won't be there. Tua being there an go. intern because their main headquarters <laughs> is going to be in the Dolphins locker room when it's not in season. Uh, oh boy, that's well. Oh, oh, oh and it's perfect. It's perfect because the Miami Open is at Hard Rock Stadium. Well, it's not happening now. But but that's that's where it's being held now. You know, it's for the last few years now, like two or three years, it's been it's been uh, it's been held there. So it all makes perfect sense to have their headquarters at at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Oh. Do it in like the in one of those luxury suites they have. Oh yeah. Oh, this is wow. Like ooh. Have like Dan Marino as Bosley or something? I have no idea. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, I mean, it would be Wayne Heisinger just comes back. Is he still alive? No, he he's not alive. He go. passed away last oh. year. Um, well, there, there, there you go. I mean, well, no, I think you have Jeter be Bosley, right? Lo- the, well, Jeff- the ultimate goodness. Jeffrey Loria would have to be a, uh, a an evil villain. That's that's for sure. He oh, he'd have to be like the ultimate boss, like Giovanni in uh, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you have, you have a lot of sub. You have a lot of sub bosses. <laughs> um, I mean, and he has like a cat, like uh, kind of like. Well, actually, Giovanni had Persian as his like evil cat next to him. And uh, just like Doctor Evil has Mister Big- Bigglesworth, 
Um, <laughs> that's, this time, hello, Joe oh, Exotic with his oh, damn Jeffrey Loria is 79 years old now? I did not know that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just went down the Jeffrey Loria rabbit hole. Um, well, you know what? Let's 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 continue with it. Tell us about Jeffrey Lawyer and why he's hated by the city of Miami. Oh, I, do I have to read Wikipedia for that one? <laughs> no, you don't. You're good instinct. Oh God. Oh, I. Uh, not only is he a cheapskate that pockets all of the revenue that the Marlins ever had and never put it towards uh, having a competent and competitive baseball team for the most part, even though they had the tools for it. Uh, swindling the uh, city and county of Miami for probably now a few billion dollars uh, that they are going to pay back, I don't know, after I have left this realm. Um, Yeah, there's so many. uh, He's hated in Montreal. We can say that too. He's hated in Miami. Uh, He, uh, gosh, I guess he lives in New York now. Because that's where he's from. He was a New York Yankees fan. Um, and I would assume he's a New York Yankees fan now. I don't think he has... That's the thing. I don't even think he's a fan of the Marlins at this point. He probably sold the team. Was and... he ever really a fan? I, probably not. Or he was just an owner? He, was, he just wanted to be in the, in the, in the owner's club, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Loria. Let's see. He purchased a stake in the Oklahoma City 89ers which is 20 numbers more than a very nice team name. Uh, AAA affiliate. <laughs> There's got to be a team out there that's willing to be called the 69ers. <laughs> Something had to have happened in 17, 18, or 1969 that was significant in some city in America <laughs> to warrant. I mean, Brian, Brian Adams did a whole song called Summer of 69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, they were a AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. They won the American Association Championship in 1992. He sold the team in 93 and began to look to buy a Major League Baseball team. He lost to, out to Peter Angelos in his bid to buy the Baltimore Orioles in 1994. And I'm sure Orioles fans got the lesser of two evils in that in that ordeal. Because Pete, I would, I would certainly say that th- they got the lesser of two. I years. guess so because uh, uh, Baltimore fans hate that guy. Uh, in the se- yeah, but at least he didn't completely tank the team. Well, they were well twice. They were three times. Well, they were competitive. The Orioles were competitive in the late nineties. I remember that. I mean, there was the infamous ninety six right. ALCS against the Yankees. Um. And uh, they lost in '97 as well. I mean, they were they had Mike Messina back then, of course, uh, aging Cal Ripken. Uh, Armando Benitez was on that team too. Yeah, blowing saves as always. Um, anyways, he bought a 24% stake in the Montreal Expos in '99 and became the managing general partner. And then he'd initially tried to buy the team in 1991 from the founding owner, but he balked that Loria's demand for a controlling interest and subsequently told it to Claude Brochu, uh, blah, 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 blah. He added an ownership group that included the city of Montreal, several Montreal businesses, and Stephen Bronfman, Charles's son, uh, when a series of cash... Death call- wish? Yeah. When, no, interesting. When, when a... 
when a series of cash calls over the next two years went unanswered, Loria ended up with a 93% of the team at a valuation of $50 million US dollars. Uh, one of his first acts was to reiterate that Olympic Stadium needed to be replaced. Olympic Stadium in Montreal, I think it got paid off only like three or four years ago. Um, one of the worst Olympic Montreal had one of the worst planned Olympics ever. Um, there's a, there's a lot of uh, articles about that. I mean, he's right. Olympic Stadium was is kind of like a dreary looking place. I've been there. Uh, it's very depressing on the outside. You would never have guessed that the Olympics were held there. Um, anyways, yeah, and the, the whole sale of the Expos. He got he lucked into that 2003 Marlins team. A monkey could have owned that team and they would have won and beaten the New York Yankees. I mean that team was that thing that team was stacked. Oh, those guys are my heroes. Anyways, yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that the. Okay, let's go to the Oklahoma City 89ers since we're here. <laughs> we're we're heading down down to Oklahoma, all right, Andrew? Not Tulsa. All right. But, but we're in Oklahoma, we're in OKC now. About two hours uh, southwest. Oh, not bad. Really? Okay. Uh, they are now the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Oh, this is perfect for, for uh, let's see, the better know a minor league team, the Oklahoma City uh, Dodgers here. Um, so they were, let's see, ah, come on, it went, it went away. Gosh darn it. Hold on, guys, it's, it's reloading. We're, we'll get back to this soon enough. This is, this is, <laughs> how far are we? We're at 49 minutes here. This has been a very interesting episode. I, I'm basically writing down my notes to pitch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was I watching? Oh, I was watching Rick and Morty. I, I was watching Rick and Morty. And I, f I forgot which episode in this, this current season that the, that's happening. But the end of the episode ends with like Morty trying to pitch a show to netflix yeah that's that's the second episode yeah that one realize. yeah and like rick discouraged him from pitching his show because it was a, it was a heist show it was a heist a heist movie or a heist story or whatever and he's basically the whole episode was just about how heist movies like oceans 11 and all that are just kind of boring and the same so yeah that that's what it reminds me of so Charles is going to go down to the Netflix studio. They're taking everybody's ideas <laughs> at this point. And listen, I can tell you now, there's a lot of athletes who retire that always want to be in front of a camera. They just go and become you know, an analyst or a color commentator, or they just get their Mark Teixeira on where they just come in for a couple minutes and they fake it and they go from there. Love me some Mark. You know, you're good text. But Serena, you got money. Mm -hmm. You pay for acting classes. You become actress. You win some Webbies or Emmys or whatever the hell Netflix does. <laughs> Charles gets some monies. We uh, we make good business. Mm. And the thing about Netflix deals, we get it front loaded. A hundred episodes, fully filmed, knocked it out. We'll be pulling the anger management that Charlie Sheen did for FX so they don't come out of it and we get syndication rights. Mm. I got you, honey. We're good. Oh yeah. All right, Oklahoma City Dodgers. Now they're uh, let's see. Founded in 1962, they play in the Pacific Coast League in Triple A. They used to be uh, the affiliates of the 
Houston Astros from 2011-2014. So I guess this wasn't the gestation period of all those cheaters, I guess, or some of it maybe, mm. some of it. Uh, Texas Rangers, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Cleveland Indians, and way back when, when they were uh, starting out, the Houston Colt 45s, which are now the can, Astros. Can you name a team that? Yeah. I mean, that sounds so much better than Astros, though. The Colt 45s? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It all matches Houston. It just reminds me, it reminds me of the Afro Man song. Uh, Oklahoma City 89ers from 90 from 62 to 97 then the Red Hawks from 98 to 2008 and then the Red Hawks again oh they were the Oklahoma Red Hawks and then they changed to the Oklahoma City Red Hawks and now they're the Oklahoma City Dodgers which is kind of boring um, yeah uh, let's see they play at Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark okay well wait then. hold on what wait uh, this is the uh oklahoma city dodgers you're looking at yeah i'm i may be able to show off some of my oki here really okay i just have to make sure that i'm looking at what i think i'm looking at I want to see if they have any. Let's see. Okay, a notable players. That's what I want to go down to. Cody Bellinger, Jim Acker, Hank Blaylock, Steve Bush. Oh, I thought it was Steve Buscemi. Um, <laughs> Steve Buschel, Marlon Bird, Walker Bueller, Francisco Cordero, Carl Crawford, Nelson Cruz, Chris Davis, Doug Davis, R. A. Dickey, uh, Justin Dush. God. I don't even know how to say this. This, this. Andrew, write this down for your game where we mispronounced last names. Um, Scott Feldman, <laughs> Neftali Feliz, Adrian Gonzalez, Juan Gonzalez, Travis Hafner, Matt Harrison, Gabe Kapler, Dallas Keuchel, uh, Ian Kinsler, Danny Kolb, Dwayne Kuyper, uh, uh, Zach Lee, Ryan Ludwig, Rick Manning, J.D. Martinez, Mitch Moreland, Max Muncy, Jeff Newman, Alexio Gando, Carlos Pena, J.R. Richard, Gerald Saltalamacchia, uh, Ryan Sandberg, Corey Seeger, Ruben Sierra, that's a name from a long time ago, uh, Justin Smoke, Sammy Sosa, George Springer, Edison Volquez, C.J. Wilson, Michael Young, and Josh Zeed. That's a lot of significant names on here. Yeah. C.J. Wilson, I haven't heard that. Whatever happened to C.J. Wilson? We isn't really isn't he in Anaheim? It, I don't know. Hold on, what? He kind of disappeared. Ruben Sierra makes me think about you know MVP 2004 when he was on there. I think he was with the Yanks at that time. He was I, he was in that 2003 squad. I know that because he hit uh, game four, game four 2003. I think he hit like the game tying double uh, in the ninth inning to send the game into into extra innings yeah uh your memory is impeccable uh, because i can't remember like world series stuff except for like the big highlights. well there, there's only been two of them and that one was the one that i definitely remember because as i've said before those guys are my heroes <laughs> all right cj wilson okay uh let's see is an american auto racing team owner now this is different and a former professional baseball player. Nice. 
Uh, wow, did not know that. Wilson pitched uh, for the Texas Rangers from 2005 to 2011. And for the Angels from 2012 to 2015, he is the founder and owner of sports car team CJ Wilson Racing, which competes in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge full-time and WeatherTech Sports Car Championship part-time. I have no idea what that means. Um, he's from Newport Beach, California. And yeah, I guess he's one of those myriad of players that just kind of dies in Anaheim for some reason. Isn't like the Angels have had a lot of not, uh, like not wrong. The Angels have signed a lot of like like high-profile free agents that just kind of sort of die in Anaheim. You know? Uh yeah, Albert Pujols, Jared Weaver and his career. Yeah. I mean, he was uh he was born in Bra- you know, born in Res as a player there. Yeah. CJ um, Wilson. Remember the Mike Sosha days, they were they were dangerous. That's I mean, yeah. Yeah, but they're very terrifying I mean, Vladimir like Guerrero, who was the first angel to ever be in the Hall of Fame. Um uh, Vladimir Guerrero was uh let's see, who else is it? But like lately, I'm talking about lately, like the 2010s Angels, not the not the 2000s Angels were very competitive, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I and I do remember oh, distinctly Mike for Trout the. And who else did they get? Uh, well, Mike Trout, uh, of course. Um, uh, um, the the pitcher, the Japanese guy, Otani. Uh, uh, Shohei. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But they also got somebody to help out Mike Trout, and for some reason, I know Anthony Rendon. Because the they got him, and we just laughed. Yeah, because we're like, oh, hey, who's going to throw the ball? Yeah. Anthony Rendon. They have no pitching on yeah. that. And they have Joe Madden, but. Mm. Yeah, I think they're, they're hoping that, hey, uh, Joe Madden, World Series Championship in Chicago. Anthony Rendon, hey, champion over in, in Washington. Let's. Let's get Trout some help. Thirteen-year con or ten-year, three hundred bunch of million-dollar contract. Hey, let's see if we can we can win a championship in the next decade uh, with this guy, or else he'll be the. I mean, hey, he'll be the. Might as well be them because the Dodgers aren't winning. He'll be the the Ken Griffey Jr. of our generation, <laughs> if that's the case. Um, and Andrew, weren't you gonna tell us your Oki? If you're... Oh, um, I was, but uh, it turned out that you were actually correct in the pronunciation because there's a town in Oklahoma that's spelled C-H-I-C-K-S-H-A, which some people pronounce as Chickasha, but it's actually pronounced Chickasha. Hmm, Okay. Interesting. Uh, but in this case, it it's Chickasaw, so you, you got it right. Okay. All righty. It's, it's funny. The two states that I've lived in in my life are, bo- are both incredibly – have incredible influence when it comes to Native American names. Yeah. So I, I don't want to say that I'm an expert in it, but uh, – I, I definitely, I guess, have an above-average ability to figure out how some things are pronounced. Okay. Um, okay, so 
Yeah, this is this is very interesting. Let's see. Uh, Wilson races race cars in his free time, and as mentioned, he aims to be a professional racer after his baseball career. He also is highly interested in cars, having a collection of Porsches as well as a custom-painted McLaren P1. Wilson won the E1 class in the 2010 25 Hours of Thunder Hill. He races a Mazda MX-5 in club races and owns a race team that competes in the professional Global MX-5 Cup Series. Wow. CJ owns... C- I guess he could be the CSO. Yeah, he owns a CJ... <laughs> That's true. That's true. He Yeah, he should be the chief sporting officer, whatever Serena Williams is. Uh, CJ Wilson owns CJ Wilson Mazda which operates in countryside Illinois, like I guess the Chicago region for some reason, and Ventura, California. He's also the general manager of Porsche Fresno and raced in the 2018 Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. And he married a Brazilian model. So things are going great for CJ Wilson in his retirement, (laughs) that's for sure. Okay, you do you, dude. Fantastic. Oh, boy. Oh, we're at the one hour mark, guys. So this is a word from our non-sponsors, um, people and places and things and concepts, what have you, uh, down this rabbit hole of, of weirdness that we're, we're going down here. So um, I don't know, guys. Who, who, who do you want to go first? I'll start. Sure. My non-sponsor of the week is the Oziri ZK14 Pronto Digital Multifunction Kitchen and Food Scale. You're going to have to slow that down so I can look for it. The what? Oziri. Oh, oh boy. Z-E-R-I. Z-E-R-I. ZK14. ZK14. Pronto Digital Food Scale? Pronto, and it should. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. This is very interesting, Andrew. Let's, let's. So, uh, as load. you guys. So, as I have mentioned once on the show before, uh, I am doing, doing the weight loss um, recently, and something that I was noticing was a lot of not not a not most but a, a not insignificant number of serving sizes are based in ounces um which i don't know how to weigh ounces because i'm not a computer <laughs> so i said you know what i need to get myself a food scale so i did a lot of research um, and eventually the answer came that this was the best overall food scale, uh, and it was at a pretty decent price. So I said, all right, let me go ahead and get this. Um, it just came in today, as a matter of fact. I haven't had a chance to really use it, but um, I'm looking forward to uh being more in control of serving sizes and whatnot because now I can measure stuff in ounces. Wow, fantastic. Look at that. They come in different colors too. Mm-hmm. I got the uh, the silver with the black 
Nothing, uh, nothing, ba- nothing too flashy. Nothing too flashy. Oh, okay. No. Alrighty. This. I'm, I'm not a flashy person. Okay, that's fine. So, okay, so I mean, so you've gotten a good use out of it now. Uh, well, I, I actually haven't used it at all yet. Oh yeah, that's right. You told me it's okay. All right. But it's, I know it's going to come in handy for sure because, uh, like I said, there's a lot of stuff where I just kind of have to guess. Uh, how much it weighs that's true it's very much so so having this will enable me to figure out okay it's it's not what i think it is so yeah okay all righty so i'll all right so that's the oziri uh zk 14s pronto digital multifunction kitchen and food scale you can get that for fourteen dollars on Amazon at this point. Interesting. Uh, promo code is uh, not a computer. Not a computer. Okay. Okay, that's good. I, I guess I'll go next. So, guys, um, uh, I have been. I, I go in my my spacesuit every time I have to go to Publix. I'm essentially calling that <laughs> my hazmat suit in a sense. I wear a, a hat. I wear a bandana. I wear a N95 mask, long sleeve jacket, sweatpants, strap shoes, like the whole works. Like nothing is getting uh, as, as much not touching my skin as possible uh, or going through any open holes in my body. And you can, you can kind of, interpret that any way you want um anyways so uh learning how to conserve food and sometimes combination foods are really awesome like things when you mix something with something else that's always one of the the cool things it's like a it's like nicktoons mlb in a sense a cool weird crossover but unlike nicktoons mlb the thing i'm going to talk about (laughs) is not mediocre at all it is a fantastic invention that uh that the first time i ever tried it i was i was but a wee little boy and it is goober 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 if you guys don't know is the combination peanut butter and jelly that smucker sells Oh yeah! I thought you said goop for a second. I thought it was Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh no! Yeah, the goober stuff was great, man. As kids, or if you're a poor law student. No, what Gwyneth Paltrow does is just selling snake oil. Um, and, mm-hmm. and there's a wonderful video by John Tron about her her um, her weird, almost cultish fan base with the whole goop thing. But that's a whole other side. Uh, anyways. Uh, Goober by Smuckers. It is fantastic. Uh, it has America's favorite on there. It, they sell it in two flavors. They've got the grape version and the strawberry jelly version. It, it, the jelly. It's not really like jelly jelly. Like it doesn't have the same consistency, same texture as jelly. It's kind of like a, like a jelly filling in a sense. So it's not really jelly jelly, but and the peanut butter even tastes different. It doesn't taste like like smooth uh, uh, creamy peanut butter either. 
it's it's something different i don't know what chemicals are in here actually let me look at the chemicals right now i don't know what distilled monoglycerides are and i might get cancer for it in 20 years but they're really good and i enjoy this a lot and this is it's fantastic product i have loved it since i was a kid i don't buy it very often but uh times are different now and you know enjoy life's pleasures while you have them and that's what i'm doing right now with this wonderful jar of goober so uh promo code um open holes all right open, open holes open holes interpret that any way you want Oof. I, I obviously i need to go see a therapist if that's uh if that's where my mind takes me um so before i go into it because i gotta ask what's the better flavor francisco raspberry or grape i've been on a raspberry kick for a while now like i've like i never really ate raspberry stuff before that but like like this is raspberry jelly from Aldi's or not not jelly it's preservatives but I've been like on a raspberry kick like if there's like a cookie with like raspberry filling I'll choose that over any other flavor I I, I don't know the great I have the grape one in front of me I didn't get the, the other version but uh, it's tough to choose Sophie's choice right here I mean do they have a combo flavor where some of the streaks are a little bit of raspberry and some of the streaks are a little bit grape Oh, I mean, I'm sure they do. You, you should pitch that to Netflix. <laughs> it, it's a true love story in an anime world. They um, they might they might jelly. produce it if Smuckers won't. <laughs> I mean, let, let's not. Okay, so you know, Love Is Blind or whatever the hell that show is. I don't know what about it, but hear this: a mockumentary anime version of a thruple of peanut butter, <laughs> raspberry, and grape all conjoined together. Uh, you should pitch that to Seth Rogen. I bet he would do it. <laughs> he's already got the, the technology from Sausage Party. Oh, oh, this is great, because he's the peanut butter guy, and he's doing two different, you know, he's just talking to two different uh, kinds of jellies, and he doesn't know what he wants to be compatible, to be sold. This is basically the sequel to Sausage Party, except we'll call it Jam Fest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh my God! Oh boy, this is great. You've now you've pitched two different movies, two di a show, a TV series with Serena Williams and her spy organization, and a peanut butter and jelly sequel to Sausage Fest. But hear me out. Peanut butter is played by Seth Rogen. Grape would be Jennifer Lawrence because I haven't heard from her in a long time. Mm -hmm. And then. This is where it gets better because you know, you gotta have you gotta have a little bit here. You can cast the uh, the raspberry jelly with a little bit of flavor because everybody loves him, and we're hoping that he's gonna be fine. Idris Elba or Tom Hanks, just that weird dynamic, and then you have bread gets involved. Or if you want to do it on the female version of the grape side, we could do. I'm I'm crazy about Lupita Nyong'o. I think she's a great, fantastic actress. If you've seen her in Twelve Years a Slave, and then um, mm -hmm. what was the one that she did with? Uh, the Jordan Peele movie, because now I can't think about it. I want to say it's us, but I know it's not us. And then you can have characters playing the bread. And then he's like, you know, I've been smeared on other breads before and uh, with other things. I don't know what's compatible <laughs> with me. So then you have like, and then you get the advertisement for Arnold's uh, potato bread. Uh, you know, and you need Tom Arnold voicing one of them. And then Roseanne Barr has to be known because they were formerly married. 
or John. <laughs> this is Roseanne Barr's. This is Roseanne Barr's comeback from the controversy that she had beforehand. This is how she comes back. I feel like David Spade has to be in there as like a sugar because you need that weird voice because it's that. I, I don't know what the hell I just created. I just created a monster here, Jamfest, coming to your Netflix corn stream real soon. All right, back back to the side because we know what this is about. So, gentlemen, I I said it earlier. I am doing my attempt to grow facial hair mm-hmm. or beard. I, I could usually get what the seminal like chin hair ball sack looks like, right? You know, with the chin hair, we can all get that at 19, but you know, I don't, I got sensitive skin. Andrew, I reflected upon about itchiness, but ironically back in December, a Christmas gift to me by mistake was my mother got me a beard cream. She thought it was hair gel or pomade from Cremo, but you know, in efforts for me to become a Wolverine stunt double for the next movie, or maybe cast, because I'm going to be so famous from Jamfest and from um, Aces, because that's where we named the Serena Williams show, uh, that I, I'm going to be a leading man. So, you know, we're on like day 11 and total quarantine, so I got I to gotta make sure this thing looks nice, it's got to look shiny, and most importantly, it's got to take care of any kind of skin hazard or hair hazard. And I've been using Cremo's Bourbon Blend Beard Cream. Mm-hmm. It is a nice smell of bourbon. And, you know, either A, I'm seriously addicted to bourbon, or B, I just like the wood, the oakery char smell to it. But that's been on my face like twice a day. And I'm hoping, you know, it's been doing good. I haven't really got anything irritated. I also do a little bit of aloe as well when I shave to clean up. But, uh, you know, just to keep it consistent. And I just see all these men with these real beards growing out. And I look at them like, I'm one of you now. I look at these professional wrestlers like Braun Strowman with his beard. Eric Rowan, who has like this great big red bushy beard that he looks like uh, the monster from Looney Tunes. And I feel like we could be distant cousins, even though I barely have maybe an inch of skin. But it's about living the dream, gentlemen, and seeing the future. And I know with Cremo's beard cream, bourbon blend it's going to help me fulfill the prophecy of having this big bushy beard looking like i'm jerry garcia all to be shaved before i go to court because i have to look professional but this is a journey gentlemen just like it was a journey when i went to have wendy's breakfast just like it was a journey (laughs) when i went to get the cheetos and mind you we're not done with wendy's journey i just have to actually wake up in time what, what is this called i forgot to put it on the screen cremo c-r-e-m-o bourbon blend is the scent i have uh it, it's gonna it's gonna make me beautiful gentlemen the vanities could be a new thing because now i can do like and i've been kind of like i wonder what the before and after pictures are gonna look like i'm gonna show like a baby picture of charles and this thing to full effect because i don't have technically court till april 7th and that's probably gonna get pushed back so we might have a full month of this still going we're on day 11 it's either that or i'm gonna look like charles manson's stunt double instead of looking like wolverine stunt double <laughs> but this is a risk that i'm willing to take i'm aiming for the abe lincoln because i'm not gonna let the lip hair grow out because i look kind of weird i don't like it i'm a little vain but gentlemen i'm ready for this cremo beard cream bourbon blends what i have uh promo code baby viking baby (laughs) wow baby viking oh this is this is beautiful oh okay oh there it is there it is on the screen finally it finally there it is oh there it is Francisco, you can use that for your Andrew. Uh, you know, you all could be baby Vikings just like me. Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm shaving. I, I'm gonna keep the shaving going. I might just go full buzz cut with the clean shaven face, uh, but I'll keep this in mind for sure in the future. Uh, okay, fantastic. So, um, okay, Andrew. So I've got a treat for you in the back. 
So we've got MVP baseball, obviously. But uh, I've got the Tulsa Drillers facing off against the Oklahoma City. Not the Dodgers here. They were the Red Hawks at this point. So we've got an all-Oklahoma baseball battle in the background. Okay? Excellent. All right. And they're playing at the Polo Grounds. <laughs> because there's no, they don't have the real minor league baseball parks in this game, unfortunately. Right. Oh, well. Let, let's have some. Ooh, we got an argument. Yeah, let, is he gonna get ejected? Let's, we'll have some fun here at the Polo Grounds. No. All right, so so we're back here at the Rabbit Hole. I forgot where we left off at this point because we just had a, a pitch for a peanut butter and jelly sequel to Sausage Fest. So, it's called Jam Fest. It has a name. Copyright <laughs> trademark. No one can steal it. Original character. Do not steal. Um, yeah. This isn't Sonic Forces, but uh, let's see. So, guys. Oh, we got to call the Peanut Carver, just as the creator of Peanut and George Washington Carver. It, it's, oh, my God. Seth Rogen is Carver. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm just going to intermittently just came in like names because this is more. Here's the scary part. That's more real than a Serena Williams TV show. Figure that out. And it's all about being a throuple. I, I can't today with this world. Oh, Continue, my God. Guys. Okay. Um. I, I forgot where we left off on the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Let, let's go back to Bo Pelini. <laughs> we learned nothing about Batman when we came up to him. Okay, Bo, we're back to you, dude. We're sorry. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll make it up to you on your birthday on December 13th, okay? We'll make it up to you. <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, let's see. Playing career. He was a former center of steel production with a strong... Okay. Oh, no. Uh, okay, he was nicknamed Bo after former Cleveland Browns running back Bo Scott. Uh, he graduated from Cardinal Mooney High School, the same high school as Bob Stoops. He went on to play free safety at for the Buckeyes at Ohio State under College Football Hall of Fame head coaches Earl Bruce and John Cooper. Bo Pelini started in his last two years and served as a team co-captain in his senior year with Vinnie Clark, Jeff Graham, and Greg Frey. He earned his Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration from Ohio State College of Business. He is a Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl 29. So, 29. Which one was that one? I think it was like the 49ers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 49ers. Yeah, 49ers. There you go. Nice. Okay. All right, so we're here at Bo Pelini, guys. There's there's very there's many options here. You got Cardinal Mooney High School. We can learn about that. The San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots, Nebraska, and how they've fallen off the face of the earth. We can learn about that too. <laughs> um, well, we're, what what do you think the Stevie rate in Nebraska is? Because I don't even think it would want to chill there for a second. Because I know like. I'm just curious. Now I'm thinking about real world stuff because I'm, I can't think about Jam Fest all the time. <laughs> so I know in 20 years from now, when I have to kind of move for the next pandemic, it's either going to be South Dakota or North Dakota. I'll die before I live in uh, West Virginia. Sorry. But um, Nebraska seems nice, right? I'm sure they have a lot of corn. What, let's do. talk about the great state of Nebraska. Okay. Charles is uh, Charles's tour. Let, let's go down to Nebraska, all right? So we're, we're going to go off to Nebraska and learn about that, going down this rabbit hole. Uh, and we'll I guess we'll start at the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, former 
prestigious college football program and now a shell of itself, I would say. Is that correct, Andrew? Would you say that? Very much so. Okay. Uh, they are in the Big Ten. They have 22 varsity teams. They wear scarlet and cream. Those are their colors. And, uh, yeah, they have two official mascots, Herbie Husker and Lil Red. Yeah. Herbie? I don't know why. Herbie Husker, what does he look like? He better be husky. That's all I got to say. <laughs> You're going to love this. I hope they have a photo of him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Google him out because Twitch is still down. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> you look, you Googled it? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Ah, oh, I thought he was a giant piece of corn. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Instead, he if you said okay, you know, uh, you know, monologue soapbox time. If you said draw me, and Lil the Red's most not even a piece of corn either. Caricature. Come on now. If you said draw me the most basic, like fifth grade level of what you think a college mascot would be, it would be <laughs> the Husker dude, as opposed to the one guy that we love so much. I forgot his name. Keggy. Was it the Keggy? Keggy. Yeah. On originality, you got some guy that basically looks like a Ronald Reagan with a bigger face mixed with <laughs> Kurt Russell is kind of what I'm saying. So that's just that on me. I'm going to check out Little Red right now. Uh, um, let's see. Little Red, one of the two mascots. He is the newest mascot created in 1993 after a statewide contest run for that. Really, the entire state of Nebraska needed to make a second mascot for the Cornhuskers, and they didn't think to put a piece of corn. What is this? So, can we just say Little Red looks like the kid who you know sniffs glue in the corner? <laughs> Like, these are so unoriginal ideas. He looks like the kid from Family Circus with Dennis the Menace just got a cap on his head. That, that's Nebraska. true. He's like a Family Circus kid. Uh, Nebraska, you're disappointing me here. Nebraska. You know, what, el what else? You, you don't even deserve for us to go down that rabbit hole. We're, we're, we're getting out of this hole, the Nebraska hole. These this, this whole episode is about holes, okay? So interpret that the way you will, but this is a hole-centric episode. Uh, speaking of... Remember the movie Holes? <laughs> yep. Let's go down that rabbit hole. I do, but I've never seen it. Let's let's go down the Holes rabbit hole. Since we're pitching movies, well, since we're pitching movies at this point, <laughs> with called Jam Fest. Uh, well, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a a pin on this topic because uh, there's something I want to discuss with you guys hmm. about that's related to both Bellini. So I'll put a pin in it, and we'll come back. Okay, do you want us to talk about holes, or, or the other topic that you were going to pop? Are you going to remember the topic? Well, you said you were going to go down okay. the holes rabbit hole. Okay, so. we're going to go down the holes rabbit hole real quick. The film stars Sigourney Weaver, John Voight, Patricia Arquette, Tim Bake Nelson, and Shia LaBeouf. It was produced by Walden Media and Walt Disney Pictures. Uh, it was uh, based on the 1998 novel of the same name, and was released in 2003. Um, can we, yeah. Can we just say Tim Blake Nelson is an underrated actor? Famous for Oh Brother Where Are Thou? And the last movie I saw him in was, was that uh, Scruggs movie, Buster Scruggs, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I remember him from Oh Brother Where Are Thou? That's right. That's right. He was also a villain in The Incredible Hulk yeah. starring Edward Norton. He was Dr. Samuel Stearns. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is uh, 
it just okay andrew let's we're out of the holes thing so so do it just do it <laughs> okay, oh i should have so... had like a green screen effect with shia LaBeouf coming in <laughs> i can do that i figured out how to do that by the way how to do the green screens whatever I just have to get a. I just have to get a green book? screen. I just have to get a green screen, and we'll, we'll be. Have, have you guys seen the little like opera or the song about Shia LaBeouf? No, they, I have not. They, they have like a weird thing. My buddy in law school told me it was like a little gimmick. Who's in the corner? Shia LaBeouf or whatever. And then at the very end, that's where he gets the applause. I'll link it to you guys just since we're on the rabbit hole edition. Shia LaBeouf is thirty-three years old. Yeah. I thought he was older for some reason. I don't know why. I thought he was like late 30s, not early 30s. I didn't realize he was only a year older than me. All right. Anyways. Oh, God, I'm old. Um, all right. Sorry. Sorry. I was good. We're not going to go down the Shia LaBeouf rabbit hole, but that's that's fine. Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. All right. So we've been talking about Bo Pelini, mm -hmm. and um, I briefly mentioned earlier that there, and actually still is, um, a parody Twitter account called Faux Pelini, F-A-U-X. <laughs> so Charles isn't um, the only one that comes up with the clever names. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Faux Pelini uh, is taken the college football world by storm. He, it's almost kind of like uh, Pelini's id. Um. You know, it's you know says what Polini would think he is thinking, or <laughs> do, do you see what I mean? Is it kind of like it's so it's a parody account? It's it's kind of akin to Captain Andrew Luck, maybe, maybe. Uh, In a way, yes. Um, except Andrew Luck's. Um, well, I guess Polini's is based on real events as well, mm. but it's like. It's like Bo Pelini if he had no filter. Uh, so, so, okay, do you want me to put it up on the screen? By all means. Okay, all right. So I'll look for that real quick. Uh, all right, give me one second. So the reason I bring up Bo uh, Faux Pelini. Faux is... Pelini, F-A-U-X-P-E-L-I-N-I. Yep. So let's see if I get this on the first shot. From Twitter. Go ahead, Andrew. So, uh, so let's see. I'm, I'm going down this. So, uh, being in the Big Ten, um, there's a an annual. There's a year. Well, there's always been a rivalry uh, between <laughs> University of Minnesota. Faux Pelini, coach, yeller, philanthropist. Anger manager, <laughs> contributor at the Athletic. <laughs> okay. Um, so Nebraska. Is, so this rivalry is between University of Minnesota and uh, Nebraska. They they obviously are relatively close to each other. So they played the played each other sixty times. Uh, first time being in nineteen hundred. So it's a very long-standing rivalry and in 20 here we go so in 2014 the twitter account for minnesota's mascot goldie gopher tweeted 
Hey, foe Pelini, how about a friendly wager for this weekend's game? Team that gets the most points gets a conference win. Seem fair? Foe Pelini responded, okay, how about if we, Nebraska, he was at, he was the Nebraska's head coach at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about if we, if we win, you give me five dollars. If you win, I get to smash a wooden chair over your back. <laughs> All right, I'm already a fan. I mean, in the sphere of wrestling. So um, there was a crowdsourcing movement between Twitter and RCFB to design the five dollar bits of bro- five dollar bits of broken chair trophy, which would serve as the rivalry trophy between Minnesota and Nebraska. Um, and you can pull up a picture of it online, and it is literally a trophy with a broken chair and a five-dollar <laughs> bill on it. Wow. Um, so for a couple of it hasn't been officially sanctioned by either of the schools, but it's beloved by the the fans of Minnesota and Nebraska and the trophy had disappeared somehow but in 2017 um, uh, a new trophy was built and the five dollar bill which initially had the had faux Pelini's head on one side of the bill and Goldie Gopher's head on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it now has um, Herbie Husker and Goldie Gopher. Um, so if you you can pull up that picture, I'll, I'll uh, look for it. Hold on, give me a second. I'll look for it on on, uh, on Google. It's. It's incredible what people can do when they come together for a common cause. So let's see. So I'll. So I just type in like faux Pelini trophy. It should probably pop up. No, type in five dollar bits of broken trophy. Five dollar. Uh, bits of broken chair. All right, I'm looking at bits it. of broken chair trophy. <laughs> I like it. They should well if they've got it as an inside joke. They the should five dollar uh, bits of broken chairs rooted in November 2014 banter between the Twitter accounts for Minnesota mascot Goldie Goldie Gopher and Faux Pelini. <laughs> like that's great though. The chair has a Twitter account. Yes, it does. Um, like this was kind of one of the moments that really sort of put RCFB on the map Mm -hmm. Um, because it is just so ridiculous but it is so amazing at the same time in the spirit of college football right just ridiculousness somehow creating a tradition in some way in a lot of aspects right That that is very much uh, that is very much in keeping with college football Wow, this is this is amazing. Okay. Like I said, it, it is literally a broken chair with a five dollar bill. It is it is it is a very literal trophy. Alright. 
This is an interesting hole that we've gone on into. So, <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy it. Yes. So I, I hope people are taking this out of context. I want to chop these up and like have this is an interesting hole we've gone into, and then Andrew saying, "I hope you you enjoy it." <laughs> Just take that without context. Uh, all right, sorry. Go ahead. All right. So, question: Do do you get that kind of involvement? Do you feel that that kind of involvement with mascots just makes rivalries actually better? Because I I can find that fine line, and this is for football. This is being a you know a University of Miami fan, so we're just trash. So when you have that friendly banter between, I mean, there there's two things that always stand out to me for a college football team. That is the personification of what your team is or the representation of the symbol of your team. It's either that coach who's been there for a long time, i.e., you know, Bama's going to be Saban, you know, uh, Mac Brown's going to be for the Texas, uh, for Longhorns, and so on and so forth, or the mascots themselves. So right. you have them kind of getting that involved because players come and go. They like to stay in there as lifers because, hey, what's better than having the midlife crisis at 40, reliving the years when you were 20 something years old? Um, but you have the mascots themselves doing weird stuff, trying to get the crowd hyped, being on the feature of the ESPN stuff. Uh, that friendly better can get people, maybe casuals and diehards alike, to enjoy it more. Uh, I mean, if I understood your question correctly, yeah, definitely mascots are integral in uh, enhancing the college experience. Well, I'll rephrase it on because I realized I went on a tangent. Just put a question mark on there. Yeah. In today's modern, which is a Charles thing to do, but in today's modern time, when you have such a mainstream of uh, information connection and information, basically of why you should like a team, not that ridiculousness of a faux Pelini, and because I wouldn't have known any of this stuff went down for two schools, I really don't think much on. But seeing stuff like that might make me invest at least follow up a little bit and get a chuckle out of it. Yeah, I a lot of I mean, in recent years with the advent of social media, uh, mascots have really started to take on a huge role that I mean, they've always served as an ambassador for their school and their team. Um, but even more so now that they have an international global reach um and people like look at gritty yeah um you know he he represents philadelphia and it's it's kind of a situation where philadelphians can badmouth him but if anyone badmouths him they're gonna beat your ass he's he's probably I, I was very surprised of how well he integrated into Philadelphia. They thought they must have thought really long and hard in his design and everything, and the way they presented him to make him there, genuinely Philly in a sense. There's actually a whole article written about um, the creation of Gritty. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you. Well, but... I mean, uh, I'll go down the gritty rabbit hole while, yeah, because yeah, I don't know much about gritty, so this is perfect. But well, let me finish up uh, this, I guess, mm -hmm. or finishing uh, Charles's question. Um, yeah, 
you know, whenever uh, Nitro and Rocky, uh, South Florida's mascot, get into it on uh, Twitter, we love it. Um, you know, for instance, back in 2014, uh, Rocky won the, uh, like, I think it was sponsored by Capital One. It was like the Capital One Mascot of the Year Award or something. Um, and South Florida just, you know, plastered that everywhere. They were so proud and things like that. They were like such a huge accomplishment. Meanwhile, we won the Fiesta Bowl over Baylor. So we use that as a huge, uh, you know, in your face sort of thing. Uh, because their football team has never really done anything worthwhile uh, in the grand scheme of things. So it's like, while you're winning mascot trophies, we're winning BCS bowl games. And it's, yeah, and, you know, kids love the mascots. I mean, uh, UCF, for example, and I'm, I'm buying this for my nephew uh, someday, um, they have a mascot book, a little, you know, it's little like indoctrination book for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for young kiddos. Okay. Um, and all the, all the big schools have them. FSU has it. Uh, Miami has it with Sebastian, uh, UF with, with Albert and Alberta, um, and, uh, Florida state with, uh, Osceola and Renegade. So, yeah, definitely. It's important, just as important now than ever. Uh, it's all about having masks. It's all about that brand. It's all about that. Exactly. Brand. Did that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Excellent. So, yeah, Gritty um, is the gigantic orange mascot of the Philadelphia Flyers. He was introduced in 2018. The Flyers. They've been a team since 1967. Oh, that thing. Yeah, that's gritty. Orange Grimace. Orange Grimace, that's what I call it. Yeah, he is, uh, the the Flyers were a team since 1967, and it wasn't until 2018 that they had a mascot. So, uh... He's one of the, he was one of the few teams that didn't have a mascot. Right, um, in the NHL. Uh, and yeah, out of all the... I think all of the Philly sports teams had a mascot by that point, even the 76ers. So uh, he came in and he became a sensation mainly because of how they debuted him. He looked horrifying at one point with like the way they they made his photos and everything. And then for some reason, social media caught on and all of a sudden he's on John Oliver's TV show pretending to be Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> and um you have to see that uh that exchange between John Oliver and Gritty as he as he drinks a Bud Light dressed up as a Supreme Court justice. Um yeah, so that's Gritty. Oh. So you know what since we're here and we're going down a rabbit hole, Charles. Can we go down the wrestling rabbit hole? Oh, it's time. We we've got 22 minutes. And the rabbit hole has taken us a while. Can we go down a wrestling rabbit hole real quick? Yeah, and and I'll be able to weave it into the small cage segment, and we'll go down the full uh, rabbit hole because I kind of 
know how I want to gear this into it. So yeah, I'll put my disclaimer for disclaimer sakes. Welcome everybody to the cage with Charles. You know, your weekly Truplex is going to be a little bit different today because we're going down the rabbit hole. Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. I'm, it is a dance. It is a ballet. I, it is poetry I, and motion. I, I want to, okay, so to start with the man, the rabbit hole, um, mm -hmm. I want to know about Mankind, the wrestler, because he always intrigued me back in the, oh, back mankind. in the day uh, as Mick Foley. He is, uh, so, um, we're here now. Please, Charles, can you do better than Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah, I, I can. So this is how I'll explain it. Mick Foley is, I think, in his stages of being a wrestling character. It's the representation of every single human being during this quarantine, right? Because you have many, <laughs> many extremes. You have Mick Foley, the man, who has sometimes wrestled for the WWF or WWE as himself, but then comes the split personalities where each one is the extreme of who you are. He is known for many things, but he's one of the few unique wrestlers that has basically four different characters or assignments, as I'll call them, because there came a different kind of personality and a wrestling skill. Mick Foley is not the most athletic looking or was not the most athletic wrestler. He's not the very typical person what you think as a professional wrestler. He wasn't a tall white guy with muscles and a bald spot. Looking at you, Hulk Hogan. Uh, he was <laughs> known for basically Japanese death style matches, for entertainment, for putting on new things, and putting his body on the line. He has three different characters in the ring, not counting himself as Mick Foley, who he did have a couple matches that he had Cactus Jack, who was known to be his extreme take on matches uh, in his ECW days with his tag team with Terry Funk. His matches with Terry Funk, what he brought into the WWF when he was that was basically as an extreme. Most notably, you saw a lot of those characters come out when he was going against Hunter Hearst Hemsley, a.k.a. Triple H, back when Triple H was the Connecticut Blue Bud, Blue, Blue Bloods. And then he had Dude Love, which was a very weird character, but he would just put on this whole 70s, 60s jazz, like, hey, Daddy-O, hey, Steve-O, and all this other stuff. He would do little Charleston. The theme songs were so unique, too, because Mankind's was a little bit weird. Cactus Jack was a little bit more rock and roll. Dude Love was like, hey, 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 hey. And then now it's going to be stuck in my head because he's groovy. He would wear the hairband or headband that comes into it. Then he had Mankind, and that would be his deranged, tortured person. And there was like two iterations of Mankind for me. There was the all brown with the mask, basically looked like a potato who put on clothes. And then came the back end of Mankind when he joined the corporation, being propelled by Vince McMahon as this next guy, wearing the white suit, and then became a character that everybody loved, leading to his championship win against, I believe, The Rock on Raw, or was it Austin on Raw, which it was pre-taped. And of course, WCW being the dicks that they are, uh, announced it beforehand because that's when the Monday Night Wars were hard. And Tony Schiavone is like, ah, oh, Mankind has just won the WWF Championship. What a waste or something of that effect. But he always won people over. And then he had the Rock and Sock connection. Turned out to be tag team champs with him. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to attack each crevice because it's not done. Wrestling <laughs> in the 90s was a very weird time. It's where characters trumped or characters were more pre prevalent than athleticism or actual guys who were the next generation of wrestlers bringing in new wrestling techniques. So this was perfect for somebody who is trying to get a creative spark in the world because this was around 95, 96 
where the old guard was leaving, at least for WWF terms, and then came the new guard. So you had Shawn Michaels, you had Bret Hart. They couldn't really, you know, there, there's actually some controversy because Jake the Snake Roberts, who is now on AEW, is saying that those guys didn't draw because they were too small, too vanilla. Bret was more intense but had no character, and Shawn was all, all show and no go. And then you get Mick Foley, who's busting in, as these different characterizations. And here's the thing that you need to understand about weekly television wrestling. Titles mean nothing. I'm saying it as a fan. Titles mean nothing. It's the TV time that is so precious mm. because it keeps you on the screen. And, and Mick Foley had a way of kind of being there. Not many guys. He's repackaged. And that's a The Houston here, Rockets that, wish they were a wrestling team, basically. Uh, well, you know, the, the if Houston titles Rockets means nothing, were, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. They, they they wish they were a wrestler. They basically Houston Rockets would wish they would be. Ooh, how mean do I want to be? The Sergeant Slaughter of the '90s. He got that WWF championship when he was a heel. When he was basically saying that he was working for uh, the overseas as opposed to being the American hero. It was just transitional championship. Uh, I th- was it Warrior took the title or was it Hogan that took the title back? Or was it Brett? I'll have to go back into my recesses of my mind. Side note, WrestleMania this weekend, Andrew, I got to send you the login information. Watch WrestleMania, guys. There's something that's going to be going on for your Saturdays and Sundays. It's two-day events starting at 7. I'll talk about that when the time comes to talk about that. But we're going on Mick Foley. So when people get repackaged, it might be a step sentence. There's been plenty of wrestlers that have been repackaged. In WCW, Steve Austin was never Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was part of the, uh, I think, Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman. He comes over to WWF. He is introduced as Steve Austin. Then he's repackaged as, or in ECW, was stunning Steve Austin. Then he's repackaged as the ringmaster, doing Teddy Vassie, and doesn't work. And then he just gets repackaged as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Granted, a lot of it's his own two cents put in there, but for other people that don't have the successes, they just fade away. Like Viscera, who was once Mabel, and then Big Daddy V, and then he dies. Then you get Mick Foley, who brings in a different character of a different personality. Dude Love was more sensitive in the ring. Cactus Jack was more aggressive. Mankind was more demented as Mankind. He was known for the 1997 uh, King of the Ring Hell in a Cell match against The Undertaker when he's thrown off so high. I will send you video clips if you need it, Francis. Go see what the danger wrestling is. The guy dislocated his shoulder, everything, and he still went back up to the ring, and then he's chokeslammed um, through the damn ring, and he, he like survives somehow, missed his teeth. It's just crazy. Uh, he, he, he won the WWE Championship several times, the Hardcore Championship, Tag Team Championships. Not my favorite guy, because it just wasn't, but I always liked seeing him around. He helped put guys over. He understood the business. He helped put Triple H over. He helped put uh, Edge over when it was being the more extreme guy. There was a, there was a match between him and Edge, I, I think it was the Royal Rumble, where Edge spears him through a table that's set on fire. Mick Foley huh. is known for those barbed wire thumbtack matches death defying is the phrase i'll use he helped put randy over randy orton over when he was the legend killer so and he also i think kind of cemented the undertaker as a for lack of a better word a pure badass for letting it, you can't pay me enough money to have some guy toss me over the ring or not through the ring but over the top of a 30 foot uh cage because i like living and i like living with all my functions at full capacity and to do that for taker who is in a weird kind of storyline place because him and mankind have been feuding but he wasn't really title hopping when you look at the undertaker back in the mid 90s the guy sure always had the title he had won the title against hulk hogan 
uh, with Ric Flair's help, I think back in 92 or 93, and only held for seven days, or yeah, until this Tuesday in Texas when he lost it back to Hogan, and then he didn't have a main title championship until 1996, 97. Uh, did he beat Brett? Oh, Sid Vicious, I believe, in WrestleMania, WrestleMania nine or ten. But so it was a weird thing. So to keep people relevant, sometimes you have to have those big spectacles. Now I'm not saying the Undertaker would not be the Undertaker if it wasn't for that Hell in a Cell match. But when you say Hell in a Cell, you say Mankind. I automatically also think Undertaker just chokes him through the cage. So Mick Foley. He went around, he wrestled, he retired, he made the bad decision as a lot of retired people do do to go back to wrestle at TNA where nothing really happened because a different crowd base, different wrestlers, you don't have that connection that comes into it. Like if Mick Foley said, hey, I want to come back for one more match, I'm like, all right, who are you going to go against Mick? And if he's going to go against the old guard, one more match with Taker, though I wouldn't want that. One more match with Triple H, Edge who recently came back, or Randy Orton just to get more help put over the new guys. Like, Alistair Black, if you want to go mythical, because I'm thinking Mankind, but I'm trying to think of a hardcore guy, but there's no hardcore in the PG era these days, but what have you, at least that can get the engaged. Um, also, he's... Mick Foley, for what it's worth, is a very lovable guy, so there's something endearing about seeing him there. Granted, I didn't like his run as the Raw general manager, but it's a it's a written script. Foley's not really a full promo guy at this stage of the game. He did cut some wicked promos back then. I'll probably find one about him and Triple H I'll send to you guys. But uh, he kind of set that transition of how to keep fans interested because to me, if on the outside in, if, if you're one wrestler who's going through three or four different gimmicks, I just don't think you can make it. But for him, it's not a gimmick, it's an evolution. Basically, hmm. he went from being a little Charmander and now Charizard <laughs> came around. That's the beats and the stages that he did with every step of the way from being Mick Foley and what he was doing in the prior life to Cactus Jack to Mankind to Do Love to the Mankind Mick Foley concept and then Mick Foley at the very end of it. And that, that's my Mick Foley rabbit hole conversation. Okay. I've got some highlights in the background, so the WWE will immediately copyright strike us, as always, as is per tradition. <laughs> thanks, Vince. Yeah, thanks, Vince. Come on. I plugged WrestleMania. No, you want people to watch it. Come on. Yeah. Thank us. I I've, got a, I've got it backwards, very tiny on the screen, I, I, <laughs> as, as good as I can get it. But I'll, he'll, he'll probably catch it. And it's muted, so there's a bunch of chairs being thrown into the ring in what I can only describe as some insanity that's happening with the crowd the crowd participating. This is that's that's actually kinda of fun. This is, actually this is an idea that I, I had at law school, to be honest. Um I, I I said that we should throw some of the chairs off the roof of the law library as a church. I, I remember that. Yeah. In violence. Uh, just as a tradition, just as a traditional thing, find the crappiest of the chairs that we know are going to get replaced and just throw them off the top of the building as a tradition. But I could never gain access. I was all for it. I could never gain access to the roof. It was always locked. Um, I, the, there was a specific door inside the law library on the third floor that uh, literally just says roof and you cannot get in there. And I've, I've, I've shaken the doorknob many a times and have uh, I was never able to find it unlocked so I could get to the top of the roof. Alas, so I couldn't do everything in law school. But whatever. I would have I would have gladly taken being on the roof over being on in law review. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in neither, but you know, I would take the roof over that one. So, oh this is is this the cage dive you were talking about? 
Um, is it Undertaker? They're on top of a ring and they're getting tossed out. No, I see SummerSlam 1997. Was it SummerSlam? I thought it was a uh, no. SummerSlam 97 should have been Steve Austin versus. Ian I don't know, Parker. but there's a. He is. He does not look like the most athletic of guys. Uh, and and oh he my goodness gracious. That is oh, how is he is? <laughs> I do, I don't. Yeah, never mind. That this is wow. It it was so the one I'm talking about. I don't know about the SummerSlam one, but it's um, Undertaker versus Mankind, King of the Ring, 1998. So I was off by a year. Okay. I will go and give myself a thousand we're, penance. We're in September of '97 of these highlights, and we'll probably get to it eventually. But yeah. Yeah, because I think the, that was the, the second Hell in a Cell. The first Hell in a Cell match should have been Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker for the WWF Championship when Kane came out with his debut and screwed Taker over, letting uh, Shawn Michaels retain. Mm-hmm. Senpai, whoever Senpai is of wrestling, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm basically Kami, but there's a Beerus somewhere out there when it comes to wrestling. But hey, who knows? All right, Charles. Uh, so we've got many different links here. Uh, where do we go from here in this rabbit hole? Um, um, WWF hater Shane Douglas. Let's see. Uh, okay, so Shane Douglas. Oh, I Shane guess we're Douglas. going there, I guess. <laughs> we're going Shane Douglas. And full disclaimer, I do not dislike Shane Douglas. I, I do not have a feeling towards shane douglas i just love kind of how shane douglas poops on everybody and the sense of it because shane douglas was the guy who felt he, he is the typical guy who said if i put in my work and i do everything right i'm gonna become a great champion in a face of a franchise and then there's a thing called backstage politics mm-hmm. that came into play and screw you over i won't go through too much of the accolades and everything that came into it but he he was he bounced around a bit he was known for ECW tenure, when I think he was more famous than WCW, which um, yeah, I think he was with the Misfits in Action, the MIA, so that was great. And then he came in at WWF. I don't know about his TNA days, but I believe when he was in WWF, he was known as not the scholar, but he was essentially some kind of like natural. He had a whole presentation of like being an intelligent guy. Yeah, we've um, got different, uh, let's see, ring names Dean Douglas, Mike Kelly, Shane Douglas, the franchise. The franchise, that's what he was. Okay. Um, the franchise, and we talk about how great it was, and I think he had, like, the Intercontinental Championship, and he won it, and then and he only had it for, like, a little bit. Um, it, bringing up their wiki, because I cheated. I had to do it for Shane Douglas, sorry. Uh, when he came back in 95 as Dean Douglas' character, you know, as a college dean to establish himself, he would have vignettes of... Uh, with a chalkboard and paddles and stuff like okay. that. Just remember, wrestling in the mid-90s was the character work as opposed to the athleticism. So here, here we go. Um, he was set to wrestle Shawn Michaels for the IC belt, but Michaels forfeited the title due to injuries occurred after being attacked by a Marine in Syracuse, New York. So I remember that story was that Shawn had been drinking, allegedly, allegedly, from all the podcasts I used to hear, Shawn had been drinking, talked some crap, and that guy decked him in the face. And I think that raw that they had afterwards, you see Shawn with a big shiner. Um, so Dean Douglas wins the belt, right? He he has the match, um, or he gets it forfeited or something like that, and he has it. And then Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall, a.k.a. the man with the two-pick, the bad guy, comes in and beats him that same night. So 
Shane Douglas only held that belt for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> and that really says something. I mean, today's modern day stuff, you'll have weird stuff like the money in the bank cash in will happen after another team or another team, but after another uh, a guy wins it, so that happens. But um, there was just, it just wasn't there. Then he went to ECW, had his success, and then went to WWE or WCW. You, um, as the franchise, so he was Dean Douglas in WWF, and then WCW was the franchise, and I think he won the US Bell and a couple of things in there. But I, he kind of tells it like it is, at least in the business. Do I take much of his stuff seriously in his opinions? No, but yet I, I hear Jim Cornette talk, and sometimes that makes my ears bleed. But at least Jim Cornette tells it like it is. Um, so that's kind of like my Shane Douglas route if we went in there. I can always talk about Shawn Michaels because I'm a fan of Shawn. So uh, Shawn Michaels uh, just happens to be a link right here on Wikipedia. So let's go. We're here in the Shawn Michaels rabbit hole. All right. So Shawn Michaels rabbit hole is, I like to say you have three kinds of Shawn Michaels. You have the Shawn in the early years when he was with. Um, Man, all these guys Marty are Gennetti like in their 50s. Dear Lord. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Some of them are still wrestling. They might not be wrestling for the main companies, but to support their income, they're going to do some stuff. Um, you know, Booker T, not only is he running a wrestling ring or wrestling camp, I guess is what I'll call it. Uh, he also does some stuff for, uh, professionally on the side for the indies. So some guys still go. Some stay retired. Some do not stay retired. It's crazy. So Shawn Michaels, and he is Mr. WrestleMania, aside from Taker. Uh, because WrestleMania is this weekend, so let's talk about it. Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania. The guy came in with Marty Jannetty as their tag team that was coming in. As the Rockers, they didn't really have much of success, but they were kind of the highlights, and then they split up like all teams do. He had his IC belt, but Shawn Michaels is known for uh, Degeneration X and also doing his sweet stuff. He he put a super kick to its own name. He has sweet chin music. He was the show, man. He was the flash, the flair. He was the pinnacle of the Montreal screw job because there's people who think that he knew about Vince screwing over Brett. There's other people who say that he didn't. Um, we know that he's had some character issues because he was hard to get along with the backstage. If you weren't part of his clique, the clique mm. was a formation of him, Triple H, Scott Hall as Razor Ramon then, Kevin Nash as Diesel, and I believe Sean Waltman, who was X-Pac, who was also six, who was also the one, two, three kid. But the guy would just put on these great matches. He had a back injury from a casket match with the undertaker he was in the so he was sidelined for years after he wrestled Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan after he wrestled uh, Steve Austin at WrestleMania I want to say 14 for the WF championship back in 97 when Mike Tyson was the special enforcer and lost the title to Austin he disappeared because his back couldn't do it anymore then he had the resurgence so that was his first phase including in DX then he came to the second phase of we're back right he came back as a commissioner and then disappeared for a bit and he came back to professional wrestling because he was ready and his first feud was with Triple H and they had a couple of bloody matches he was in the first elimination chamber match and he won the WWE heavyweight championship from that or the world championship yeah world championship from that one and then he was in the bygone years DX kind of came back but he retired Ric Flair at WrestleMania. You're seeing the hint. He wins a lot of WrestleMania matches, had a good match with Shawn, oh, not Shawn Michaels. He had a good match with John Cena. He had a good match with Kurt Angle. He, he put Angle over by tapping the Angle, sometimes the American view of wrestling. So here's a fun education for you guys. American wrestling mm -hmm. in the States feel that tapping out to a submission hold is like the cowardly way out, and it won't uh, make people look strong even if you're strong by defeat. That's why you see a lot of people just like pass out in a, in like a submission hold, whether it's the cross face, an ankle lock, whatever. 
Marty Skull, who is um, now the booking agent, but also a wrestler for Ring of Honor, talks about he thinks it's weird because in the real world, you're doing such damage to your ligaments or bodies if you're actually in a real uh, wrestling hold. You know, if you here's the thing, you get choked out by a sleeper, you can have brain damage, right? Lack mm. of oxygen and stuff of that nature. So why wouldn't you want to tap out versus a guy hitting a finisher? What's more believable that a person would submit if you have like, if Brock Lesnar puts me in a Kimura lock right now, you guys, I'm tapping in an instant versus me being knocked out by an F5 uh, down for the count for more than for three seconds and then playing around body longer. Whereas in other, you know, countries, New Japan wrestling, what have you, tapping out more, makes more sense. Um, but Sean put over Kurt Angle to tap it out and then came, he retired Flair and then came his retirement years. So the best phase for me was his WrestleMania matches with The Undertaker. The first year he loses a taker thinking that he's good and then he interferes a taker's title match at the Elimination Chamber that helped Jericho beat Taker as the last two men left, screwing Taker over because he wants to warm a match and he told a great story about being obsessed with breaking the Undertaker's streak because Taker at that time was, I think, what was I got to do math? 18-0 at WrestleMania and he hadn't lost his streak yet because Taker and... Hey, Lou. Charles. I don't hear him. Okay. I don't hear him either. Just loses all the time. I mean, guess what? He's wrestling. Okay. Too. He's back. <laughs> Graveyard match against AJ Styles. I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be great. All right, Charles. Uh, you're oh, cutting. Did you hear me? Now? Yeah, you're cutting in and out. But okay. All right. You're, you're back now. I hear you now. You're back. Huh? Charles? Is he? I think we lost him. I think we lost him again. Okay. Uh, maybe the headphones or the internet. Not sure. But uh, well, we're at the two hour mark, Andrew. So we're kind of getting towards the end here. I'm hoping Charles can pop in the next minute. But if not, let's. I actually, because I, I want to do this, the real MVP. Charles, are you there? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, you, you kind of cut out for like a long while there. So uh, I moved on to the real MVP just to close out the show. There you go. So uh, that's fine. Okay. Um, uh, any last thing about like WrestleMania before I move on to this? Oh. Um... WrestleMania highlight match, Randy Orton versus Edge, last man standing match. Even though there's not going to be a crowd, I'm invested in that. The match that's going to la- not having a crowd is going to hurt the most is going to be Kevin Owens versus Shawn Michaels. Or Shawn Michaels, I'm thinking about him now. Kevin Owens versus <laughs> Seth Rollins. Okay. That's going to be hurt the most by no crowd, whereas Edge versus Randy Orton, I don't need anybody in there. Okay. All right. Uh, real MVP, guys. Any from the last week? Uh, well, Andrew, you always mention... Uh, people we we should mention right at this point absolutely uh the people on the front lines are healthcare workers our central workers uh supermarket first responders delivery uh, people delivery people uh, truckers garbage men garbage women garbage men janitors cleaners anybody who's cleaning at this point Um, anyone who's keeping our society running Mm mm-hmm you are amazing. We support you. We love you. Be safe. I mean, we've learned that the Florida Panthers owner is going to pay the staff 
th- uh, the arena staff throughout all of this, uh, regard- which, regardless of any events that are not happening right now. Which, good for him, you know? Good good for him. Yeah, he's a billionaire, so uh, he, he can definitely front the bill for that one. Um, uh, now, I... D- I do have a personal, or not personal to me, but a, a singular person that I'd like to single out for my real MVP. Okay. Um, and you might actually know this guy. His name is Myron Roll. Ah, Florida State. Oh, yeah. the uh, He was a former Tennessee Titan. Aha, interesting. <laughs> you both have your own connection to him. So Myron Roll, uh, former safety... He, he was uh, for, a Rhodes Scholar, wasn't he? Correct. Um, he played for Florida State in college, sixth-round pick. Certainly could have been a much higher pick. But he, he his passion was to go into uh, neurosurgery. And uh, he knew that when his football career was over, that that was what he was going to do smart dude like francisco mentioned he got a Rhodes scholar to study at oxford um and teams kind of gave up on him because they didn't want someone who they seemed as flaky but um or not dedicated to his football career which is total bullshit but anyway um he played for two seasons with the titans was on the practice squad with the steelers for another now he is a neurosurgery resident at Massachusetts General Hospital. He is in the thick of all this. And he posted, uh, he's been posting videos to social media describing what's going on in, uh, in the hospitals right now. And, you know, I know that I mentioned, I want to make it clear i'm not singling him out because he's better than any other healthcare worker no but it's interesting because you know he could have you know been a multi-millionaire uh done neurosurgery later when he was retired but this was his passion to help people and he decided to do it and now he's putting himself in harm's way for the benefit of people in massachusetts so you're the real mvp myron roll um another mvp uh would have to go to these um sports uniforms and equipment manufacturers uh you and i had posted uh, one in particular on our on our messaging board, um, but uh, another one is Fanatics. Uh, but basically, uh, Fanatics uh, makes uh, or sells Major League Baseball and well hockey as well uh, uniforms. So they they have the the materials. They're not the official ones, which are like Nike and Adidas, but they make the you know the the cheaper version of those. And so um, Fanatics is making now uh, gowns and masks to protect uh, workers uh, from the virus rather than because they're not making sports jerseys. People aren't buying sports jerseys right now uh, outside of Bucks fans buying their brand new Tom Brady uniforms. But 
yeah, so that's that's great. Bauer, they make hockey helmets and equipment, but then they've decided to uh, repurpose their manufacturing facility to make face masks, uh, protective uh, face masks for, for the virus. Um, so they have also uh, decided to pitch in and, and try and help out with the effort. Um, so this is uh, amazing. Um, it's fantastic, actually. And uh, I'm really glad to see the uh, sports community getting behind there. Uh, was it Drew? Uh, a bunch of players. Uh, was it Drew Brees was donating a ton of money to Louisiana? Um, just uh, so many. So many. Like, uh, the, every week we can do this. We're going to do this every week, actually. I, I kind of want to make it a thing uh, until this is all over. Um, yeah. There you go. All right, guys. So um, we don't have any goons for this week, but that's fine. That's fine. We 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 uh, we'll, uh, we don't have to talk about any goons right now. We're trying to end on a more hopeful note. So good luck to everyone out there. And yeah, this was an interesting episode going down a weird rabbit hole. And it was one long and continuous rabbit hole. Yeah, and we went from one place to another, but in the end. Uh, Charles now has a Netflix Netflix pitch that he is, I'm assuming, going to formulate it uh, while he tries to grow his beard out. <laughs> yep, two two shows, Aces acronym style A period C period E period S period and Jamfest. I, I and I just as a an aside, Charles and, and Andrew, uh, for your your Twitter handles or whatever uh, on the bottom your 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 profiles uh andrew i've got damp free holy so i've got a a, a very wet looking bunch of beans <laughs> as the background for yours and charles i have a i have a uh, action figure of rick flair i i have never <laughs> been more proud of my life i might cry so there you go all right guys uh we're done that's it we're done adios take care. good night